Welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, audio video artist, singer, songwriter, and master storyteller. And today I am excited to travel north to Toronto. And a special guest, wonderful lady I met just recently in San Francisco, Carol Schulte, um, who hails from Toronto, is a personal development trainer, international speaker, creator of Spark Your Genius, and man, is she the energizer bunny. So strap on your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. I want to welcome everyone to the Dharmic Evolution and today a very special guest from a different country. I love that. So refreshing. I have with me today Carol Schulte, who I met just recently, actually only uh, a matter of weeks ago, maybe uh, maybe two months at the most, in uh, at Brendan Burchard's uh, High Performance Academy. So, uh, Carol, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. So good of you to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good of you to have me on your show. I'm so excited. Yeah, you know, I I gotta tell you, I was reading up about you, and I just like I don't know how come you have no energy it just seems like <laughs> like you are the most ubiquitous person in nature i think i've ever met and i picked up on that when i saw you in the lobby um when we were out in california and i said uh now we're at high performance academy and i'm saying to myself this woman sitting over next to my right i could just tell she's already a high performer <laughs> because <laughs> you had all the telltale signs you're there very early before anybody else you know, you're already like deep into your work on your laptop. And it turns out you were writing your newsletter uh, because it was a Thursday morning. And I think you were getting ready to release it for Friday. So um, anyway, let me let me not jump too far ahead. Um, Carol, let's start at the beginning. Tell me tell me where you grew up and um, let's just start with there. Like, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Canada? I did. Yes, I was born in Montreal and okay. then grew up in Vancouver and then at 13, my whole family moved out east to a city just outside of Toronto called Oakville. And I lived there for much of my life. Okay, so at what point did you become the world traveler that you grew into? I mean, you've been like everywhere. So so tell us how that transformation happened. Did it happen like um, college or before that? Or like when did you get the pull? You must have had this insatiable urge to say, I got to just get out there and see the world. No? I certainly I certainly did and I've always loved traveling but really the the catalyst for me taking um, more of a time abroad was after I after I lost my mom. So I studied theater performance in um, university and just after I graduated I was all excited, ready to go after my dreams, Broadway, here I come. And then my mom got sick. And she was always the one who really believed in me. I mean, she was at every opening and every closing of every show I ever did. And, you know, when I had doubts about me going after what I really wanted to, she was there to believe in me. And so um, I eventually went back home to look after her when she got really sick. And as difficult as it was, it was the most special time of my life. And for the first time, I felt true purpose. I didn't feel like I wasn't achieving enough or doing enough or wasn't pretty enough, skinny enough, tall enough to land the role or get the gig. I knew I was exactly where I needed to be. So you, you got a chance to like really say goodbye to her over a period of time and, and have really great closure with her. I did. I yeah. Did. 
Um, yeah, I went through that with my dad, and it was a special time. It's a, you know I feel fortunate, and I can I can empathize with uh, your situation. Um, what what year did this happen? Did mom pass? This was two thousand five. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So she was your she was your your complete support system with all of your artistic endeavors at that point. So at some point you must have did you did you just say, well, I'm going to reevaluate that I, I discovered something new inside of me based on that experience or, or how did how did, did your you know, what happened to you like internally after that? Well, it just, everything changed. I mean, when you go through and, and you know, as well, it's, it's like your world crumbles, right? You, right. You, you know, you're on the street and people are taking their dogs for a walk and posting letters. And you're like, how are you just living a normal life right now? Don't you get that my life just ended? And so it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. And I, as much as I love theater and I still do going back to that world just seemed at that point, very superficial. And I knew that there was more that I wanted to do. And I knew that life was too short and too precious not to really make a difference and go after what you really want. But I still wasn't sure in what capacity that was. So I took off and I started in um, Thailand. I volunteered at an HIV positive orphanage for almost a year, working with babies and children. And then from there, I went to Calcutta. Um, my mom was a missionary travel agent, and she always talked about Calcutta really being, you know, the poorest of the poor. And so I wanted to 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 go there and experience that. And I volunteered with Mother Teresa's Mission of Charity for a little while. And while I was there, I had an interesting experience. I I sort of thought, you know, I've done Thailand. I can I can do India. I can do Calcutta. And it was very very difficult, very depressing. And I knew that I wasn't making a difference at all. I was just another mouth to feed, another body that needed a bed. And unless I was prepared to commit a significant portion of my life to really making a difference there, I wasn't doing anything. Right. And I was very depressed going back to my, you know, little shack with a hole in the, um, the floor and a bucket for a bathroom, which was actually quite luxurious and, and thought, you know, um, what am I doing? Because at the end of the day, even though I was a backpacker and a volunteer, I had, you know, no money. I knew at some point I would be going back to Canada and right. I would be able to have a life that the majority of people here would never dream of. And not because I'm any more deserving or any better or anything like that. I just happened to be born into the family that I was and they happened to be born there. And that was a really hard, um, sort of insight reality that I needed to, to come to terms with. And so after that, I thought, okay, well, I, I want to, um, I want to really think about this. So I went to Rishikesh and I moved into an ashram. Um, I'd recently before that planned a, a fundraiser and I shaved my head. I came back to, to Canada in between Thailand and India. And I raised, um, over $10,000 by shaving my head and gave that to breast cancer research. And so then, you know, in India, I was this girl on my own traveling around with like no hair. Um, then went into an ashram and practiced intense yoga meditation for hours a day and probably for the first time in my life got really quiet and you know was thinking what what do I really want and so after that I did some more traveling I came home and every time I came home it wasn't the same because my mom wasn't there and so I would take off again and I spent time in Australia and New Zealand for a year Um, met a man moved into his van spent some time there I I eventually got got a master's I went down to the states on scholarship and I did a um qualitative thesis on end-of-life discourse or the communication or the lack thereof that takes place when family members are facing end-of-life. Right. So there for two years, I became a bereavement facilitator and um, a life coach, yoga certification, and then I lived in Germany for a year, UK for a year, and um, now what I've realized is my journey in, in 
you know, moving through my mom's losses, recognizing that I can't rely on anybody else to believe in me. I can't rely on anyone else to tell me that I'm good enough, that I'm ready, that, that who I am is, um, you know, is capable of whatever it is that I want or to tell me to take action. I need to learn how to do all of that. And so now my big phrase right now is you got to live big regardless of what, what happens to you in life. And so, you know, one of my talks is called living big after losing big, where I share my story and how I let people know that you can't always choose what happens to you in life, but you can choose how you show up, who you want to be and what you're going to do about it. Right. So, so let me, let me slow you down just for a second. Um, so you did all this amazing volunteer work. I mean, th- this is really, really incredible how you could go to a place like that and, you know, have, like nothing. And, you know, you said you didn't make a difference, but I'm, I'm sure you did in small ways to people who it felt meaningful, but I understand the big picture thing. Um, and yoga. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a yogi for probably 12 years now. So you, you were a Baptist yoga teacher, instructor. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. So are you still practicing yoga? I am. I practice, um, Every morning for a short period of time, and then um, a few times a week I try and get into a, a bigger class, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I do three to five times a week myself, and, and it's funny. I started like 12 years ago, and I, I just haven't stopped, and it becomes part of your life, I think. But um, all, of this, all of this work that you've done, like after y- you did all of these amazing things, uh, very altruistic and, and just beautiful giving of yourself, um, you said that you felt like you weren't making a difference just in that one particular place. Was it India because it was so overwhelming? Or, but, but what I'm getting to is how did the experience in general of all of that giving, it, you, must have felt, you must have felt like really good about yourself, like doing all of these, these wonderful things for, in all these countries. Well, it's funny that you say that, Kevin, because I think, you know, in our own little ways, we, we give back in, in who we are and how we show up anywhere in the world. And I know a lot of people think, oh, I really want to give back and do something good and, and you know, go to these developing countries. And, and I think there's something certainly noble in that. But I think a lot of times people go there thinking they're doing good for themselves. And I think um, you have to be careful about that because I'm sure I, I helped and I gave back in my own little way. And especially when I got to know some of the young kids and actually build relationships with them, especially in Thailand when I was there for a longer period of time and I learned Thai and I really built relationships with not only the kids that I was working with, but the locals and the nannies there. Um, and so I think that you, you do, you do make a difference, but I think that you can make just as much of a difference by being that smiley face in the building that you live in or by saying hello to the man who gives you your mail. You know, I think you don't necessarily have to make a difference by going to the other side of the world. And, and I think why Calcutta was difficult for me, I mean, yes, I tried to give back, but it's, it's not about me. Right. And so, um, and so I realized that sometimes when we do all of this volunteer work, it's because we want to feel good about ourselves. And that's not really, that shouldn't be the, the motivation. Okay, so sharing the love doesn't know geography. Mm. In other words, if you're going to give poor love back into the world, it, um, it'll manifest itself in its own way. You don't really, you know, where it happens, it doesn't necessarily make a difference. Exactly. As to that's- where. Because it's it's like what I learned a long time ago is like when somebody goes out of their way to do something for somebody, you know, don't have this feeling like, 
well, I helped this person, so that person has to help me back because it's never the same person that helps you <laughs> later on. It's someone else mm-hmm. in a different, complete, completely different set of circumstances. So it's, um, you know, it's just self-perpetuating. Mm. Yeah, it's the whole idea of karma and paying it forward, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so you you did the, I, and I also saw that you worked at Lululemon. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I leave my credit card in the car when I go buy one of those stores because <laughs> I love their stuff. <laughs> so, so um, you you did so many things, and um, it, it may sound like I'm skipping around, but I'm trying to get to this in in a in a way that that is that makes sense. You know, all your volunteer service was just really amazing. You went through it like you were in India, you were in, you were all over Thailand. Um, tell me about your education because you, you were in so many different places as well. You were in Germany, you were in the UK. So, so tell me about that and and how it it helped to shape you. Well, I think um, anytime you have an opportunity to to get to experience and live and be immersed in another culture is is certainly going to change your perspective and um, really add a global global outlook on all that you do. And I think that's so important because at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're all in the people business. And I think that we're so quick to, to, to judge our situation and our surroundings where we are and think that the rest of the world is exactly like that. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that, and still do, like really get to know people and um, not necessarily understand because we can never fully understand another culture unless we've lived there and been brought up there all our life, but to really get to know them and to see where they're coming from. And, um, so I was, I've always been really curious about living in different places. And, um, for my education, as I said, I, I did a master's down in the States and from there was able to do some, um, experiential learning courses. And so I spent a few months in Peru at studying Spanish and doing some more volunteer work through that. And then um, from there, I was able to um, to, to apply to, to positions overseas. And part of it was love. So I was following my heart when I first went to Germany and spent about a year there. And then another opportunity came up to support my partner in Wales. And so we spent some time there and I did, I started a yoga studio there and um, brought yoga to the community. Um, and I think, you know, my education is certainly not finished. I still think about going back to do a PhD and I would probably do that abroad as well. But I think, of course. Uh, I think that you, um, you know, re- regardless of whether or not you're in school, I think that the opportunity to learn from various places and various experiences is always there. And I'm a huge, huge advocate for experiential learning. And I think when you have the opportunity to actually immerse yourself in another culture, you learn so much more richly about not only the course, but really everything that's around you. And I think that anytime you can expose yourself to more of a global perspective, it's going to make you more of a whole person yourself. Yeah, I, I have that on, on my list. I'm a student in perpetuity, I always call myself. Hey, um, what was your favorite uh, country? Like, what's the standout? You've been to a lot of different countries. What's the one that stands out in your mind as being, this is, was such a great experience for me. It just I just connected on so many levels. So tough, Kevin. I don't know. I think so many places I learned so many uh, different things. And it depends, too, on... on the, you know, the experience and the relationship. I mean, Thailand will, will certainly hold a very special place in my heart. Um, in terms of 
places that I saw that were unique and different. Um, Iceland will, is one that certainly stands out. And Wow, I didn't know you were in Iceland. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't put that on your list here. My goodness. Okay, so tell me about that one. Very fortunate. I've, I've actually lived, traveled, and volunteered in over 25 different countries, and I hope to, um, to continue to get that number up. So... Um, Iceland was just a very unique geography, very unique landscape, really, really friendly people, a lot of culture for a small population, a small country, and it was just different. So that was, yeah, that was very, very special. And they, um, they have these warm, warm pools. What are they called? When, you know, just organically. Oh, the hot springs? Yeah. Yeah. The hot springs. And then also this other cool word that it's almost like, um, they're fountains that naturally come up from the ground, and if you're you're there at the certain right the right time, then you can see them. Right. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. So so that was kind of cool. Oh, and um, you know, I saw the Northern Lights, so that was really neat too. How was that? Oh, amazing! Yeah. You have to get up at like four in the morning and you know go out to the middle of nowhere and set yourself up and hope that you're going to see it, uh, see them. But if you're lucky enough too, it's a quite an amazing experience. Like fishing in the sky. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very cool. It's just these lights dancing, um, you know, in the sky. It's just gorgeous. So, Carol, all of these things that you did, all of these travels, the education, everything um, had had a, a cascading effect on where you are now. You are a, you're a, you're a life coach. You're um you know, you've got so many different things. You're um, an empowerment coach, you're a speaker, presenter, you communicator, a trainer, entrepreneur, freelance writer. All of these things um, are the collective past of what you have become. And tell me what's going on. I really want to talk about Spark Your Genius and how, how that all transformed to what it is today. And if you just share with everybody what exactly is Spark Your Genius. Sure. So Spark Your Genius is this initiative, this idea, program, whatever you want to call it, that I sort of took myself through inadvertently when I first launched as an end-of-life coach. I thought that you know, using my educational platform and really wanting to give back and leave a legacy for my mom, that I wanted to work with individuals who were facing end-of-life with their loved ones because in my research recognized that you know, there's a lack of services and literature aimed at the caregiver and the family members. And if they don't have an opportunity to take care of the unfinished business, have those final conversations, then it's going to be a lot harder for them to adjust to life afterwards. So anyhow, started out doing that and I, I did enjoy it, but I realized it wasn't my area of genius. It wasn't allowing me to have full self-expression. It was an important part of my journey. And, um, you know, I, and I realized, I thought that I wanted to live in that world so that I could make sure that the world knew that I would never forget my mom, that I was really doing something to give back for everything that she was for me. However, again, like it just, it wasn't all of me. And, you know, when somebody's going through loss or grief, they need somebody to hold space for them, but not to get them excited about the future. And at some point I realized this isn't the world that I need to live in. This is not who I am. I'm about, you know, yes, you need to honor the journey that you're on and and certainly experience the grief. And then you need to have hope for, for life afterwards. And so me about being all about living big, you can't, um, it just didn't make sense for me. And so I thought, okay, well, what do I do? So I started asking myself, these questions, you know, what am I good at? What do I love to do? What do I really want my legacy to be? Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to, to work with? And so ended up creating this, this program called Spark Your Genius, and it's actually an acronym. 
So the G is gifts, the E is experience, N is narrative, so your personal story, and all three of those is everything that's contributed to who you are in this moment. And so based on my experience, my journey, my personal story through my mom, and, and what I'm good at, who am I in this moment? But then also, who do I want to be moving forward? Because we certainly need to honor, recognize, and celebrate what's brought us to this point, but right. then also recognize we can choose who we want to step into. So I is what inspires you, what are your unique values, and what's the service you want to offer the world? And so I take people through a series of questions and exercises to really get clear on all of those areas so that you can then see patterns and recognize, okay, what's my unique genius, and how can I live and work from that place? Because once you recognize that, then you're unstoppable, right? And it's just a very powerful place to be in. Well, you're you're absolutely unstoppable because I don't know when you sleep. <laughs> you know, uh, do you sleep? I don't think you do. I think you're just up all night, <laughs> every night. <laughs> no, I do sleep. <laughs> so this is cool. I didn't know that there was, you know, this, the genius was, uh, you know, you had the acronyms and then that's very cool. I like that a lot. So- um, tell me about like who is a candidate for this? Who who is your perfect person to uh, to implement this strategy? Somebody who is either in a in a career in a place in their life where they know that they want more, where they know they have more to give, they are um, maybe not feel feeling in alignment with all of their values or what they're doing is not necessarily contributing to all they are, all they want. And so they really just want to take some time to, to figure out who they are and what they want to do. Um, women who are in transition, right, have either gone through something or now all of a sudden their, their kids have grown up. I have a lot of women um, in a the stage in their life where they're like, okay, now what? Now I can actually take some time for myself. Or people who are budding entrepreneurs and have really big ideas and they're, they're not totally sure what they want to do or if they're ready. And so going through this process really gives you the confidence to recognize, wow, I do have unique gifts. I do have something to offer. I have something that the world needs. And once you go through that and you see that for yourself, then you're that much more excited to get it out into the world. Right. So, so do you do this, um, when you're working with somebody on this, is this some, something that is done online, face-to-face, uh, through correspondence, what's the best method of you working with somebody with this? Well, I have a, um, a, a blueprint where people can go through it on their own time and okay. answer all these questions, do the exercises, they create their own genius manifesto, and, um, and that's exciting, but then I often go deeper with them. So the, the two different ways at this point where you can do it is you can do it on your own, and then we have a debrief session, or I have a three-month program where we go through it really strategically, really dive a lot deeper and create a solid action and strategy plan afterwards. Um, I also do it live, so I have workshops where I do it in, in groups where people can really get clear on that. And I'm actually currently working on an online program. So at the end of the summer, I will be launching um, an online version. That sounds great. Um, I wanted to ask you about your public speaking. Um, do you do public speaking? Uh, well, obviously you do it for spark your genius, but like if somebody was looking for you, what is the best place to have Carol in for public speaking? I do a lot of speaking for organizations and associations who are about empowering, uh, empowering youth, empowering women, um, about leadership 
and really getting outside of your comfort zone. So my Living Big keynote is really all about owning who you are and get out of the Dr. Seuss waiting place and into your big life, whatever that looks like to you. Um, and so- I like that Dr. Seuss waiting place. <laughs> that, that is very cool. You know, you know all the places you'll go? It, it's actually on, on the list of the best business books ever to read. I know it's a children's book, but it's an amazing book. And in it, he talks about this waiting place where people are just waiting, you know, waiting for their a plane to come or a train to go, their hair to grow. And I think so many of us are waiting, waiting for that perfect moment to arrive, waiting to feel good enough, waiting to feel ready, waiting for all of our ducks to be in a row. And the truth is that moment never magically arrives, right? It's when we choose it and yeah. it's really now. And so that's really what I'm all about is life really is too short. If you don't go after what you want now, it's never going to be the perfect time. That's, that's so true. I mean, we all have that procrastination thing. I guess, I guess it's, the, it's the excuse, you know. It's like when it's perfect, then I'll do it. <laughs> but you're so right that that day never comes because what, what really is perfect? Probably nothing. Um, <laughs> it's an ideal that doesn't exist, and we're all striving for it, and we're yeah. all so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, um, talk to me about the Happy Friday newsletter. Then, and that was the first time that I saw Carol. I looked over to my right, and there you were working diligently on the Happy Friday newsletter. So, tell me about that. Um, what's it all about? And you know, how can people get a subscription to it? Okay. Well, it started when I was actually in Germany. And because I was traveling a lot, I wanted to make sure that I was keeping in touch with my friends and family. And so I would write on occasion about my experiences. And and I actually started when I was in Thailand. But in Germany, I decided I wanted to commit to something more regular. And I have always said Happy Friday. It's my favorite day of the week. And so I thought, I'm going to call it Happy Friday. And I'm going to send an email every Friday to tell people what's going on in my life and to really um, to perhaps give a little bit of inspiration or insight or a thought. And so I started that just over three years ago. And it's morphed into something now that I um, is, is a way to really engage with with my peeps, my, my tribe, and, and all of those amazing people that I've met. And it shares a little bit about what's going on in my week, but it always offers some insight, something to think about, something that you can implement in your, in your life to really help you to, to live bigger and to feel more alive and to get more excited and inspired. That's the idea anyways. And so that goes out every Friday. And um, it's very easy to, to sign up for it. You can go onto my website, carolschulte.com. And if you do register for Happy Friday, you'll actually get a free copy of uh, my Spark Your Genius um, blueprint. So you'll be able to go through some of that and then see for yourself um, where you're at and really take some time to think about that. And then you'll you'll hear from me in your inbox every Friday. Awesome. I love the... Uh... The, the blueprint now thing that's that's awesome so people take advantage of that please hey uh, how do you balance your busy life Carol I see like just based on seeing your newsletter you're always traveling you're always somewhere it seems like you're you know you're like everywhere all at once how do you balance all of the things you have going on and the travel which I know travel is um, you know I love to travel too but I know it takes a lot out of you as far as you know just time, energy, and uh, and just you know pulling you away from all the things you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to be totally honest and transparent. I think balance is an anomaly. So there are some days where I feel like I have it together. And there are a lot of days where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I, I'm um, always behind in my inbox, which, which, you know, and um, I think you need to, to prioritize and recognize that at different times in your life, you're going to spend energy in different areas. And um, I, this year, I'm really about trying to focus and bring it in. And I do love traveling. I do love going to a lot of events. I also am not married, knock on wood, yet, nor do I have kids. And so, you know, I'm able to create my own schedule. So I'm able to be as busy or as not busy as I want. Um, that being said, I think it's it's really important to get clear on on what's possible and what's not. And, and sometimes, I'm sure you can relate to this too, you just have too much on your schedule and you want to pull back. So I right. go through phases where I'm, you know, I'm really excited. I have a lot of energy. I'm go, go, go. And then I have moments where I'm like, okay, and now I need to pull back. So I think as long as you're really honest with yourself and you're present and you start to, to, to realize, okay, when, when you can go and when, when you need to maybe pause and breathe, um, and yeah, and just do the best that you can. I don't think any of us, you know, will ever have it totally figured out. One of my favorite lines is we have our whole lives to be a work in progress. And so, yeah, I, mean, I like that. That's perfect. I'm going to start using that. May I borrow that? Of course. Thank you. Of okay. Course. <laughs> so um, I want to know about your favorite music. What do you like to listen to? Like, what's your favorite thing? Um, either just all the time. Do you, is there a certain genre you like? Or do you have like a chill time? Would you like to just chill out and say, I need this for relaxation? What do you like to listen to? I, I'm pretty eclectic, but I really love indie music and I love female songwriters. So I love your music too, Kevin. Don't oh, you thank know? you. Thank you. <laughs> I really do. Um, but music with, with lyrics, music with soul. Um, sometimes I actually really like country songs as well because I feel like they tell stories. But, you know, um, yes, I, I do like the top 40 on occasion to get me going. But when I'm just chilling or when I want inspiration – then um, a lot of indie music really, yeah, I really enjoy it because it's mellow, but it also, again, like just has lyrics that that makes me think. Right, right. So you so you like this story, the stimulation of the story. It takes you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about let's talk about Carol's day. What's what's a typical day for you? How does your day start? Like, do you start off by? You know, like like you mentioned this morning, you did some. I think you did some a uh, little bit of yoga. You did some posting. Uh, you incorporate a little yoga each day. I do. So actually, after we met from the High Performance Academy, my morning ritual was something that I really wanted to work on. And so I'm I'm trying to to own it. Not trying. There is no try. There is only do. So I'm owning it now. And uh, for the last, I guess over a month. Uh, my morning <laughs> looks like this. So I, I get up. The first thing I do is I smile and I stretch in bed. And I know it sounds so silly and so small, but even just a smile um, really puts you in a different mindset. And then I um, – this is something that I learned from, from a friend of mine to stretch all 13 of your joints. So I like rotate my ankles, my knees, my hips, uh, my wrists, my elbows, my shoulders, my head, which you can do right in bed. And then I say three things that I'm grateful for. Then I will. Then I get up. Then I do 10 minutes of yoga and stretching, 10 minutes of meditation. Then I read for about 15 minutes. Then I write for 15 minutes. I make my green smoothie. I get out my, uh, my daily productivity sheet. I figure out what my really important priorities are for that day, who I need to reach out to, who I'm waiting for, my big projects. 
and then I get into it. So you're using the the high performance productivity sheet. I am. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I started it uh I guess I guess I'm like 4 months now or something. Uh, cuz I got it I got it way before the, you know, the event. But um, it's pretty valuable. I mean, I find it, it helps me leverage. I use it like seven days a week, but I put so much on there that I, to save paper, I'm continuing two days because there's just no way I'm getting everything done in one day. But um, You're so, just so ambitious, Kevin. It, well, it, it, it is fun. It's like sometimes it's like, what are you, crazy? You're putting all this stuff down. You know you're not going to get But I do it, and, and some days I'm amazed at how much I get through it. But it is a really valuable tool. And, and I have this little mastermind group, and I turned um, – I turned the people in that group onto this also, and some of them are using it. So um, reading, what are you reading these days? Um, if you even have time, sounds like you barely have time to breathe, let alone be on my show. But is there anything um, that you're reading that's really compelling that you would like to share with the audience? I'm reading, and I'm almost embarrassed to, to say this, but I'm reading Think and Grow Rich for the first time. Awesome book. Well, Mm-hmm. It is an awesome book. So that's the audio book that I'm reading. So anytime I run or I'm, I'm driving, I'm listening to that. And then in the mornings, I'm reading The Charge, which is a Brendan Richard book. Right. <laughs> so I'm reading that. And um, I'm also reading a book that somebody gave me as a gift, Motherless Daughters. So I try and have one like learning nonfiction book and then something for entertainment. That being said, I'm, I'm not, um, not consistent with that. So reading is an area of opportunity for me. I don't like to say weakness, but an area of opportunity. And so I'm really trying to be a little bit more diligent to make sure that I'm reading on a daily basis. Yeah. Maybe you can help me out with this. I have a problem with like, like on my nightstand, there's probably 16 books. (laughs) It's like, and, and most of them I read, but I keep, I guess I read like three and four at a time. Uh, and do you do that? Or is that, is that a sickness that only I have? And it's like, and I get so fascinated. I'm going like, and I bookmark everything, but it's like, I don't think it's a good practice. <laughs> I think I have to, I have to work on that one. You know, it's well, just like. <laughs> it works for some people. I don't think it's a sickness. Um, I think it works for some people, but if it's not working for you, then, then, you know, maybe you want to think about something else. For me, I, I same thing. I have a pile of books on my nightstand, and I never, I never get through them. And so, I really want to actually start a book and finish it before I move on to the next one. So, again, area of opportunity. I'm working on it. Um, yeah. That's what I'm. That's the intention that I'm. I'm putting out there for now. Yeah. I got in a groove about six months ago where I was doing that, and I was every two weeks or you know two to two and a half, I'd be through a book and then on to the next one, okay. and then. But I still, I still get caught up in yeah I want to get this one and and I'm always like hey I gotta buy like you know I I can't run out so I gotta have three and backups all ready to go (laughs) I have tons if you need backups then maybe we can start our own little book club Kevin yes accountable and then send our books back and forth once we finish them I'm ready that's cool it's called it's called the uh we'll we'll dedicate some kind of library title to it you know the uh inter intercontinental library um so are you so you are gonna you're gonna keep home always in Toronto or do you think what do you see for you as far as geographically since you've had all these experiences um do you feel like you're getting a little bit claustrophobic or are you cool with where you are right now it's a very interesting question I wouldn't say I'm getting claustrophobic so I've been back in Toronto now for um almost two years and 
really enjoying it. Do I think I'm going to be here for forever? Not necessarily. It's interesting when you have had the opportunity to to live in and travel to various places because you realize you could call home anywhere. And right. so when you know that and you don't necessarily have a, a family or a significant other to keep you somewhere, it's challenging to know where you are supposed to be. So I mean, I think I, I'm going to stay here for now. Am I open to living somewhere else? Absolutely. Well, well, you know, I think it's not only it's it's not only amazing that you went to all these places, you know, the the bravery and the just I'm just going to go do this, but you learned the languages too. I mean, that's huge. That you you know, I went and I learned Thai, you know, or you know, you you learn you know, like like that's a big step. That's a big um it's not only a tribute to respect towards the indigenous culture that you happen to land in, but it just what it did for you as far as um you know, helping you grow. It's, it's pretty cool. Really amazing. Hey, Carol, just wrapping up here, I want to know if um, for people who want to reach out to you for all of the different, you know, things that you have to offer, the uh, Spark Your Genius, the newsletter, um, anything about Carol, public speaking, what is the best way for our audience to find Carol Schulte? Thank you for asking, Kevin. The best way is on my website, which is carolschulte.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-S-C-H-U-L-T-E.com. And you can also email me if you'd like, carol at carolschulte.com. You can find me on all the different social media platforms. But really, if you go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, and then you'll hear from me on a regular basis. And I would love to hear from you and love to connect with you. Awesome. Carol, it was, a, it was a wonderful interview. I learned so much more about you, and it's all really, really great stuff. I want to wish you all the success and, and luck and love in the world with Spark Your Genius and all your programs. And I thank you so much for being a part of Dharmic Evolution today. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Who are you? Just became. Well, was that killer or what? I mean, what a warm, selfless, wonderful woman. Uh, so giving, so full of knowledge. Really enjoyed that, having Carol on the show. Hope everybody enjoyed the Dharmic Evolution today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, and master storyteller. Thanks so much for being part of the Dharmic Evolution. I'll catch you next time. I'll let you see you on the socials, or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>